Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. If one of your goals for the new year is to bring a, a bit more organization or structure to your business, uh, we've got a great topic for you today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And on the podcast today, uh, employee handbooks will be our point of coverage. Uh, many of you, of course, are familiar with employee handbooks, but um, you know, in many cases, employers either do not have handbooks or if they do, um, perhaps are not always properly implemented. So with the help of attorney Joshua Nesser of Lavelle Law, we'll talk about that topic today and uh, try and bring you some information that might help get things organized for you. So let's get to it. Uh, Josh, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. Good to be back. So this looks like a great topic, and I, I know there are some, some very salient points that, that need to be made before we talk about the do's and don'ts. Um, so can you kind of provide a, a general overview of, of the real purpose that an employee handbook should should serve? Yeah, and there's all kinds of great reasons to, to have a handbook, and I'm sure we'll get into those today. But just kind of from a goal perspective, uh, one of the basic purposes is just to familiarize your employees with, with your history, with your culture, what kinds of things they can expect from working with you, and to hope to integrate them into that culture. Uh, you really want to communicate to employees what will be expected of them, both in terms of getting work done and in terms of complying with your policies and, and treating each other the way you expect them to treat each other. Um, having a handbook is good because it, it ensures that you can have a clear and consistent message to your employees as to what your policies and procedures are and what can be expected of them. So there's there's no kind of second-guessing what your expectations are. Yeah, and and just to clarify from a from a, I guess from a legal standpoint, are are handbooks uh, required in some way, or is it just good business practice to have one? In Illinois, there's no law that requires them, so an employer can operate for as long as it wants without having an employee handbook in place. But of course, um, for the reasons we'll discuss today, we would not advise that. It is definitely best practices to have an employee handbook in place, and to revisit that handbook from time to time to make sure it meets all of your needs and goals. All right. Well, let's talk about let's talk about it first from the from the employer perspective, who obviously is our, our focal point. But um, as we look at it, what what are the advantages? What why should an employer really want to have this in hand? Well, like I said, it's it's a great tool for communicating your most important policies to your employees. Um, it makes clear what your policies are and makes sure that those policies are consistently communicated. So employees can't can't try to find a gray area in your policies or, or claim to not have known what your policies are. And so they really know what to expect from their job. Um, if there is no handbook, certain procedures mm-hmm. may not be followed because the employees might not know what those policies are. For instance, um, if, if you need to be put on notice when an employee is injured on, on work, the work site, if that's not communicated to them, there might be an injury. You might not know about that, and you don't know what kinds of legal liability that could expose you to. Um, another way that it's important is a good, a good employee handbook will put in place certain procedures to state, for instance, how an employee should handle being harassed. 
Um, there's obviously going to be certain ways to bring that up the food chain, so they report that to a certain superior. That, imperior, that superior can take that back to management, and then management can effectively deal with it. If that procedure is not communicated to an employee, when there is an, uh, uh, an instance of harassment or something to that effect, they may not communicate it to the right people. You may not handle it the right way, and then that could lead you as the employer to, to certain liability moving forward because you're not taking the proper steps to protect your employees. So uh, when, you, when you talk about policies that should be included, I assume that you've mentioned a few areas. So there are certain, you know, boilerplate things that should be in all of them, such as a harassment policy, um, st I guess, you know, stating work hours, vacation policies. I mean, are there, are there just a, a group of things that every employee handbook should, should have, and are those some of the key ones? Yeah, obviously every employer is going to have different needs, different policies, so each handbook has to be tailored to each employer's needs. Um, but there are certain things that, that every employer should have in their handbook. One of the big things, most employers in Illinois are at-will employers, meaning employees can be fired at any time, employees can quit at any time. And you want to make sure you hammer that home in your handbook if that's how you operate, just to make sure employees know there is no guarantee of extended employment. This could be ended at any time. Uh, you also want to put in there an overview of what types of employee benefits you're offering. Now, you don't always need to get specific and list the ins and outs of each different benefit, but you at least want to let employees know, here's what our benefits are. Um, here's who you can contact if you have any questions about them, um, just to open that conversation so they know what they're being offered and they know who they can go to with questions. Um, some major policies you want to have in there, you want to make sure you put your employees on notice that you're an equal opportunity employer, uh, that there's not going to be any types of discrimination tolerated and you're not going to discriminate on any protected characteristics. Uh, you want to make sure employees know that harassment of any kind will not be tolerated, whether that's sexual or not, um, just so employees feel safe and for the reasons we discussed before. Uh, one, th one important thing that many employers may not think about is having a drug and alcohol policy to make sure that employees know what's expected of them in terms of not abusing alcohol, not taking illegal drugs, or even if they have prescriptions for illegal drugs, how those issues need to be handled. This is, it's a real hot-button issue lately with all the changes in medical marijuana, employees not knowing what is or what is not expected of them or permitted by them. Um, a big issue lately also has been social media, obviously, Mm -hmm. With the way things are nowadays, um, a lot of employees have access to the Internet both through their jobs or outside of work, and with that comes all kinds of social media postings and people putting stuff online without really thinking about what they're putting out there. So you want to make sure that you have a, a policy in place that lets employees know what is expected from them if they're posting online as part of work or outside of work um, to make sure that employees aren't putting things out there that can make the employer look bad, harm the employer's reputation, or even lead the employer to having some kind of uh, legal liability based on statements that are coming from the employee as a representative of the employer. Yeah, the, uh, the guidance you're hearing today regarding employee handbooks is, is being provided to you by Lavelle Law Attorney Joshua Nesser. And Joshua has a great background in, in corporate compliance and, and tax law. Um, if you swing over to his profile page at lavellelaw.com, uh, you're going to see near-perfect AVO ratings across several different disciplines of law, and he's a great resource for us here. Um, while at the site, be sure to browse through, my gosh, I've got an extensive collection of articles and podcasts presented by both Joshua and, and the other attorneys at the firm. Um, and, and you hit something, you kind of um, jumped ahead of me there a little bit, Josh, you got it right on with, with that social media issue. Um, 
you know, it comes to mind that if if you go through the effort of developing a a good handbook and it's it, you kind of follow the guidelines and do what you should, um, every year there's new laws in in Illinois or even at the federal level that affect businesses. I've got a podcast with one of your colleagues coming up to discuss those soon. You mentioned social media, which are changes in social or business trends. Um, once you have a handbook, is it, I assume, not a static document. It's something you have to kind of revisit periodically. Definitely, especially because, like you said, the laws are constantly changing both at local, state, and federal levels. A good example of that is Illinois is enacting a new sick leave policy next year that's going to affect the majority of, if not all, all employers. And, and employers who already have certain sick leave policies in their handbooks are going to want to revisit those to see if they do comply with that law, and if not, to make sure they change them so they do comply. Um, now, certain times there are one-off changes like that where you, you don't need to put out a whole new employee handbook. You don't want to go through that, that time and cost associated with doing that. And it may be as simple as uh, creating an addendum policy, distributing that to your employees, making sure they sign off to say they receive that, and that is added on and becomes part of the handbook. Uh, there are a lot of employers out there who unfortunately probably, if they have a handbook in place, have not revisited it for several years. And an old handbook doesn't really do you much good. It, it, it might not even be better than having no handbook whatsoever because if you have an old handbook out there, it may have some things in it that are illegal or aren't actually in accordance with what your current policies are. So it's important that you do revisit those. And if broad sweeping changes are necessary, getting a whole new employee handbook in place and, and kind of discarding the old one might be your best bet might be the most efficient way to handle it. Yeah, so I've got a couple of things here. I want different paths I want to go down. Let me let me start with um, something you mentioned a minute ago, which is getting employees to sign it. Is that is that the process? If you have an employee handbook, uh, you know, it's one thing to create it. Now you have to get it in front of every employee and and get some sort of acknowledgement from them that they've received it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great point. Um, one of, but not the only purpose of a handbook, is to protect the employer, to make sure you are communicating your policies to employees so that when things happen, they go through the proper channels to report them to you and you can address them. Um, in doing so, you want to have some sort of acknowledgement from the employees that they have read and understood the handbook. Uh, if you distribute a handbook to them and they don't do the right thing and they never, they never acknowledge receiving it and they don't go through the right channels and something happens and you end up in some sort of lawsuit, Maybe when you point to them and say, hey, we, we gave you this handbook, why didn't you follow the proper guidelines, they might claim they never received it, they might claim they never read it, never understood it. And if you don't have that, that signed piece of paper saying, I have read this and understand this, the handbook itself might not do you that much good. So it's mm -hmm. great to have a handbook, but you have to go that extra step to make sure all employees acknowledge having read it and understood it. And anytime there is a change in the handbook or an addendum to the handbook, you want to get, make sure you're getting that same acknowledgement to make sure that that handbook's doing what it's there for, which is protecting you as the employer. And I, I envision, you know, normal hiring process, a new employee comes in and a company has a handbook, so you go through this, this acknowledgement process. But if a company doesn't have a handbook and currently has 10 or 20 or 40 employees, can you then go to those employees and say, okay, this this is something new, but it's it's uh, a part of your employment here, and and you know has to be accepted and acknowledged even with existing employees. Yes, um, there is no requirement that an employee handbook must be in place when the employee is hired, or else it's no good. You, as the employer, have the right to put a handbook in place at any time um, and to tell your employees these are our policies, and if 
if if they don't accept those, like we discussed, it's an at-will employment state, so unless employees are, are bound by some sort of employment agreement that says otherwise, if they refuse the policies, they can be terminated, and it's important they know that. Uh, but yeah, any time a new policy is put in place, whether that's a whole new sweeping handbook or just a, a new one-off policy, you always want to make sure you get that both in front of your new and current employees to make sure they understand and will abide by them. Now, you know, some companies are fortunate enough to have a, a HR department, and those folks are awfully busy, and others, uh, HR might fall to finance or someone else as sort of a add-on to their job. Is it is it good advice to go to a, an outside source, an attorney like yourself, to help implement an efficient handbook and, and rather than trying to take it on on your own? I think it definitely is. With with as complicated as these laws have become, with as many laws as there are that apply to the employer-employee relationship, you really want to have somebody handling this who knows how to put a handbook in place that addresses all your concerns. And more importantly, you want to make sure you're not putting anything in your handbook that is illegal. Um, recently, there's, there's been a lot of changes to, like we said, these social media issues, and a lot of employers are drafting social media policies, and it's being determined that those policies are infringing on their employees' free speech, which makes those policies illegal and may, may void the handbook as a whole. Um, so it's important to get somebody involved who knows what to put into a handbook, but also what not to put into a handbook to make sure it's fulfilling its purpose and, uh, and you're getting kind of the most bang for your buck when you, when you distribute this handbook to your employees. And we've, we've only got less than a minute left here, so this is probably a whole other topic, but just Humor me on this. Is there any relationship between an employee handbook, what it does, and, and what an employment agreement or a contract might cover? Do they kind of conflict with each other? Um, they shouldn't conflict with each other. There, there probably will be some conflict in certain situations. The employee handbook is really the general policies of the company, what, what each employee generally should expect. Now, an employee, an employment agreement should be specifically tailored to whatever employee is signing that. So you can have general policies in a handbook, but there might be certain changes with respect to an employee. Maybe a certain employee isn't going to be hired at will and is guaranteed employment for a certain amount of time. That would show up in the handbook. That would conflict with the um, – sorry, that would show up in the agreement and may conflict with the handbook, but that's okay. It's important to make sure you have uh, a legal professional involved that can tell you how to differentiate between the two, what, what policy should go in one and what policy should go in the other, and how to make sure that each is effective in doing its job. Well, for that uh, advice, let's uh, turn your attention back to Josh Nesser at Lavelle Law, 847-705-7555 or lavellelaw.com to get more information on this. Thanks, Josh, for being here today, and, of course, we look forward to future conversations as well. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.